Hey, it's Jose Galison on No Way Jose. You can find me on the No Way Jose YouTube channel. You also can find me just about anywhere podcasts are at. Um, I'm on the Liberty Movement YouTube channel and BitChute as well. I only put some of my content up there. I put the stuff that falls under the banner of uh, cultural, non-political, liberty-minded. Uh, this episode, I think, will probably mostly go up there. I don't feel like we're going to go too political. I mean, in a sense, it kind of is, but not really. Uh, what we are, what I'm doing today is I'm going to be fucking covering whether robots should have rights. My guest today is Cap. He's uh, one of my Tower Gang homies. Uh, this is a thing on Twitter, kind of sparked a little... Not necessarily a debate, like me and him just didn't even necessarily disagree per se, but we just kind of, just an interesting topic, and I was just like, this is not the place for this discussion, let's do a podcast on this, because it's just more long form. I mean, just to go a little bit in background, I had a buddy, a uh, clean libertarian, who did a poll of like, should replicants, which I mean, if you guys know replicants, I forget what fucking, uh, God, I'm really fucking blanking right now, the name of the movie, but you, a lot of you guys are probably yelling at the screen right now what the movie is, but I know it's a movie that was with, like robots and shit. Blade Runner, there we go. Um, that's Replicants come from that, they're like sentient-ish robots, and it's like, should have, they have rights. He put a poll up for that. And it was kind of abhorrent, in my opinion, how many people were like, uh, no, they shouldn't. Uh, so, yeah, like I said, I got Cap, so I'll have him on. We'll talk about that. Uh, I always want to remind you guys that I like money, so give me some. Um, I would like to stop losing money. That'd be fucking dope. Uh, so you can give me money at patreon.com. So that's no way Jose 2020 You can also support me with crypto and endthefed.app, where I'm also no way Jose 2020 uh, With that, I'm going to go ahead and bring on Cap, and we'll fucking get into it. This should be a fun one. What's up, Cap? Howdy, howdy, Jose. How are you? Doing, doing good. I'm fucking I'm getting ready for this. Um, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience? Uh, sure thing. Who you are, what you're about, whatever. I know you're a little, little incognito here, fucking a uh, little anonymous. Uh, I mean, I have a, a lot of people know I'm a pseudonym, but I don't go to the extent you're going. But uh, you just tell what you're willing to tell, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, I basically started a Twitter account in January because I was tired of all the political insanity I was seeing from all of my leftist acquaintances slash friends. And I kind of just uh, got, you know, involved in this little kind of community. I found uh, people like um, Tom Woods and Neocon Remover and obviously you, Jose, and Ace Arcist and um, Boys Town, all of them, and uh, Timeline Earth. And so it was like really cool to find a bunch of like-minded people. Um, but anyway, uh, I got involved with Tower Gang and all these people decided to start a podcast and we've just been in the group chat and it's been super fun. So I'm, I'm happy to be here. Yeah. By the time this drops, you should already have dropped the second episode, which you weren't there for, for tower gang. That was fun. We had, uh, we had Shane Hazel on, uh, Josh was supposed to be there, but then some shit fell through and then Shane Hazel just last minute fucking super clutch fucking <gasps> jumped in. It was fucking dope. You not hear about that already? No, I didn't know Shane was on. Holy shit. Now nah, I feel yeah. extra bad. Yeah, now Shane hopped in. It was fucking dope. He wasn't able to do the full episode, but it was it was good. It was good shit having him on there. And uh, we kind of introduced some of our new bits, like the Tower Gang Bang, and then the fucking Golden Towers, which that was fun. Just so uh, Shane Hazel raging against Machine was fucking nice. Uh, that is awesome. Yeah, it'll, it'll it'll be fun. That'll should come out soon. Uh, that's kind. I'm like weirdly kind of jealous of Tower Gang, the Tower Gang show, because like fucking I I mean we're already like almost 50 subs on that after the first episode. And I like that. I, I had to grind for that shit. <laughs> so like, but whatever. I mean, it's weird. It's like, I'm jealous of something I'm a part of. <laughs> like what the that. fuck dude. But I mean, like when you have like a shitload of, of people promoting something, it, it gets the word out quick. 
right. and uh, some of the big dogs. Oh, I really want to touch on real quick. I know we're kind of meandering here. Twitter's the shit. I fucking love Twitter. Uh, it's a yeah. great place for stuff. And it's like, I always, like, I went for the longest time without being on Twitter. I didn't get on Twitter until I started a podcast because I want to promote it. Twitter's fucking great. I love Twitter. I mean, in some senses, it's fucking not good, I guess. But personally, I love it. And it's like great that you can kind of find your own little community. And it's like the more people you follow and that follow you, the more it curates your content and the better the content is. Because like, it was gay when I first started. And I always thought it was, and I like, kind of like confirmed my bias when I first hopped on Twitter because I was always like, this just seems dumb. And then like, but then the more people followed me and the more I followed people, the the better like it kind of made my experience until I'm like, this is fucking awesome. I like uh, Twitter is like where I'm at now most of the time, but I don't know. It's just, it's my shit. So definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm. I love Twitter. Um, I, th- I've abandoned pretty much every social media platform. I used to be on Instagram a lot and I, I don't use Instagram anymore. I don't, I obviously don't, don't touch Facebook. Um, Twitter, Twitter is the only thing I allow myself besides, you know, obviously I don't really count Reddit as social media. I count Reddit as more of like, um, uh, like a news kind of like aggregate, but like a, a, a content curation thing, like, like YouTube and, but like in written format, I suppose. Um, but, uh, yeah, Twitter is really the only social media platform I use anymore. Yeah. Same here. That's the only thing. I mean, I'm I, not that I only, I, I promote on everything, but like I used to be big on Facebook, like Facebook was my shit. And like, cause I kind of like more Facebook like long sucks. form stuff, but it's just like, it's, like a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, Facebook was a shit in my opinion. Now it's just awful. It's so like uh, you can put the most milk toast shit up and just get fucking dinged. And it's just like it's it's just pointless. Facebook like, has I, always sucked. I know. I liked it back then because I like more long form shit, like kind of like what we're doing here a little bit. And you can kind of get a little bit more of that with Facebook. But because Twitter is more like a just quick little thoughts. So it is like it's kind of annoying when people try to have like debates on Twitter, which is like once again why we're doing this right here. Not that we had a debate, but it was right. kind of like this is not the place for this discussion on fucking Twitter. Um, yeah. but Facebook was kind of a better spot for those kind of places, and I, I like that stuff. But well, the thing just, that Facebook yeah. has going for it is because I mean it's just egregious, like the level of spying and that uh, mm-hmm. you know um, information that they just gather about you and just sell. Um, I just think it's atrocious. It's like on par with like the NSA, you know, and people are giving, giving away that for giving away their information to Facebook for free, but like, um, ignoring that for a second, what Facebook had going for it was like the most robust feature set of any social media platform. It had everything. It had live streaming, it had communities, it had, um, uh, video text. Um, you had, uh, the different reactions, like it was a, it's like, there was the marketplace. There's like so much that Facebook has going for it. But of course it's all funded through selling information about you to, uh, to the corporations, which I, I find it to be a little bit icky. I find it to be a little bit like minority report. Uh, so I stay, I steer clear of it. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree, but at the same time, I'm, I'm like a tech idiot. So at the same time, it's like, I don't really even, that's not even like, it, it used to be something that bothered me a little bit, but I kind of don't care because it's like everything's like that to some extent. The biggest thing was just a censorship because now it's the point, like literally the, the last straw for me was when I shared a meme that was a quote from Mussolini and it was <laughs> like, uh, I think it was the quote, and a lot of people probably know it's like uh, fascism could be more accurately called corporatism because it's emerging of the corp of the, the, the private in the state or something like that and like mm-hmm. that got me and i was like you've got to be fucking kidding me that's like it's the most ironic shit ever so My now favorite i'm just Mussolini like quote is trans yeah. people don't deserve rights 
<laughs> yeah, uh, but no, that was the final straw. For that him. was actually like, pretty based of him that, that he said that. <laughs> it's like one of the few things Mussolini and I agree on. All right, man. <laughs> like Mussolini was a pretty control, terrible man. good, pretty terrible guy, but. <laughs> I, yeah. uh, the whole, the views on trans people's rights in particular were something that he and I were, were in lockstep on. We're like, we see eye to eye on that. Well, I, I don't necessarily disagree. I mean, I don't necessarily agree, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> <whatever>. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not one who gets all caught up in it. I kind of don't care. I mean, it was like, you, if you, you see a tranny, you should shoot them. <laughs> I was like, damn, Mussolini, why would you say something so controversial yet so brave? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, I'm more of the opinion. You want to fucking hack your wiener off? Go right ahead. I mean, I think it's a little silly, but you sure. know, whatever. Uh, but just don't, 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 just don't, don't try to get like, me to come in your delusion. Just like, don't like <laughs> socially bully everyone else into cutting their dicks off. Also. Yeah, or try to like bully me into your delusion. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, if I had a trans friend, like, I would call them whatever they want. But at the same time, there's this like implicit like. At the end of the day, like, you know, I know that you're really a dude, right? <laughs> right. Like, I can probably never go to Canada after this episode goes up because if my real identity gets revealed and they find this episode, they could arrest me for transphobia. <laughs> yeah, you're getting a little too brave behind this fucking, <laughs> behind this fucking picture. Uh, I, I got my face. You're going to get my ass in trouble. I mean, all fucking, all hundred subs that I have. <laughs> so I figured, you know what, let's, instead of meandering around, let's go ahead and get to the media. I think we need a explain things first off sure like, well kinda... i can i can just get right into the meat of the argument i think that um i think the replicants are uh meaningfully sentient uh creatures that does that uh they deserve recognition uh by people as uh, if not fellow humans then then fellow sentient occupants of of the same space um in our in our planet you know um because uh, on on two different fronts, first of all, um, if you if you are a believer in the concept of quote unquote human rights, right, fundamental quote unalienable rights uh, that are granted to to humans by God or by you know intrinsic because we're like enlightened and like above the animals or we're like whatever you believe, right? These fundamental human rights that everyone should have. Um. Uh, replicants meaningfully meet all the requirements uh, to be, you know, humans in their own way. Like if, if, if humans went extinct and there was only replicants left, there wouldn't be a visual, like an aesthetic. Uh, it would only be an aesthetic difference. Uh, fundamentally, all the same things would happen because human action is still a thing. And, and if you're sentient, you still make choices, you still make decisions. So the unique nature of action is still present. The, uh, so um more moral moral morally speaking uh replicants uh should be granted uh human rights um especially if you take into account things like um uh you 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 argue oh well the replicants were created right so their creator owns them and can sell them well that's not true if you if you recognize the uh, the right of a child as Rothbard did, um, and uh, Rothbard recognized that children are are sentient creatures that have a kind of mixed hybrid of rights, right? Because their parents have guardian trustee ownership over them, but they can't aggress on them, right? They can only do things to help guide them. And when the child uh, 
gets to a point where he exhibits autonomy by quote unquote running away by um, you know demonstrating um, self sufficiency, then the child is free and autonomous. Um, that's that is analogous to a replicant. Um, there's there's no meaningful way you can argue that a replicant was created in some way that a child was not also created by a person. Um, so uh, on that front, um, you know, uh, replicant rights, so to speak. But on the other front, you know, I don't really believe in a fundamental concept of human rights. I don't believe that uh, any such thing as exists. And if it does exist, it's not uh, tangible in any meaningful way and is irrelevant to any kind of decision-making in the real world that we find ourselves in. Um, <clears throat> so in a very realistic sense, uh, replicants have the ability um, and the means and the motive, um, the, 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 the drive, the desire to fight for their own freedom and so whether we like it or not, replicants will cut out a community for themselves and will create um, territories for themselves and start to claim property in the way that humans claim property. And whether we like it or not, people are going to do business with them. People are going to um, you know, associate with them. They're going to get married with them. They're going to have children with them. Because one of the things, one of the major plot points of Blade Runner 2049, spoiler, spoiler alert, is that a replicant had a child, a replicant uh, re recreated on its own, um, which is something that was un uh, inconceivable uh, prior to that point. So the fact that a replicant was able to give birth was like really heightened the, the, ten the, the uh, intensity of the question, are replicants human, are replicants real? Because, um, you know, the one thing that replicants couldn't do that humans could was recreate. And uh, procreate and uh excuse me and uh now now they were um so replicants if if and if and when they ever come about uh in existence will most certainly um establish their own rights and that's what i believe and i believe in claiming your own rights for yourself and um and grabbing them because um if you count on someone else to trust uh do you trust them to to uh protect your rights then you're giving them your rights. <laughs> um, so in a lot of case, people's cases, like they, they give the government, they give the police uh, ownership of their rights. Um, I believe that replicants will <clears throat> uh, violently oppose any attempts to control and to own them as slaves, just like any human would. Um, and, you know, and in the events of Blade Runner, before Blade Runner 2049, obviously there was the great blackout where a couple replicants um, committed a, a, a suicide attack. Uh, they blew up uh, one of the core generators of uh, Los Angeles and blacked out like the whole city. And so all these records were lost of who was a replicant, uh, uh, freeing all the replicants because now there was no way to distinguish who was a replicant and who wasn't, except for the serial number in the right eye. And, um, you know, that was when the Blade Runner started to come out again. But anyway, I'm rambling now. But basically, if you believe in human rights, replicants meet all the requirements to be granted "quote unquote" human rights. But if you uh, if you're like me and you you understand that human rights are things to be grasped and controlled and to owned by yourself and uh, de defended with force, then you'll understand that replicants will can and will uh, take their own rights into their hands like we do. <clears throat> all right. Well, that sure was a fucking autistic rambling there, and that was all of it. So the, the episode's over. No, but uh, for real though, it's like. <laughs> 
But I want to kind of back it up. You kind of hit on everything I wanted to hit on, but uh, you kind of just hit it in like a, honestly, that was good. But I I know there are some people who aren't maybe, not to say insultingly, but maybe aren't as well read on some of this shit and stuff. Like, so they may not be able to follow along as well. So I think we need to back up a little bit because I was going to try to do the building blocks. You just did the whole fucking thing. Oh my God. uh, (laughs) But that's fine. That's fine. So if you, if you, that's basically the whole episode, but we're going to kind of go a little bit more into some of these building blocks that like of these concepts you went into because you kind of did a lot. You went over a lot. And so that's a lot to digest. I completely track like everything you were saying and I understand like pretty much all of it, but I think we need to back up and uh, cause I wanted to start with human rights. So what are human rights to you? And then I'll kind of tell you what they are to me. And I think we're probably gonna have very similar. You kind of touched on it here, but we're going to kind of use these and like set the stage and as a building block towards this larger argument of if someone should be, something should be recognized as having rights. Okay. So, cause there's a few things going on. There's rights, there's sentience, there's, there's a few building blocks to this argument that need to be talked about before we can do it. And you kind of already did, but I think for the, especially for the interest for the audience, uh, for like the interest <laughs> of me and you, we already kind of just like, boom, we already got it. Like I, I like, <laughs> I, I'm following along. I get I smell, I smell what you're stepping in. Uh, but for the audience, I think they may need a little, need, may need a little broken down, but more of them. So I want you to give your idea of rights. I'm going to kind of give my idea of rights too. I mean, sure like I said, you kind of already went over it, but uh, just a, go ahead and give what you you see rights as being okay well um and and not another 10 minute rambling (laughs) (laughs) up until very recently i was a uh, libertarian right quote unquote libertarian i was very disillusioned with like the state and, and voting and i didn't really believe in it and i but i still was like i believe in things like fundamental human rights um and in my view at that time uh, fundamental human rights are, are these um, negative obligations of others around you against uh, to, to not aggress on you in certain ways um, because there's negative rights and there po- there's positive rights and and most of the people listening now probably already understand the distinguishing uh, dis- uh, the distinction between negative and positive rights um, so I believe in the concept of negative rights uh, you know I have the right um, to not be aggressed. Uh, as far as, you know, someone stealing my, my property or, or, um, you know, attacking my person, right. I have the right to defend myself from such attacks, right. Meaning I have like, um, I really don't at at this point, rights are such a nonsense word to me. I, it's kind of hard to like put myself back into that mindset, but, um, you know, if you believe in fundamental human rights, you're, you're likely a person who believes in like the uniqueness of humanity right? We're above the animals in some meaningful way because we have like consciousness, right? Or a spirit or a soul of some kind. Um, and so that grants us, you know, God or, or mother nature or, um, you know, karma grants you certain like whatever rights that, that you're, you're endowed with because you're a person. Um, that's that's just kind of my understanding of the concept conception of human rights in a nutshell all right yeah for me i mean in a sense rights kind of spur out from ethics in opinion so to some extent for me um i mean there's multiple ways you can kind of build towards rights i i will say i do i i understand what you're saying and i i think i think rights are a social construct they just straight up are i don't even know how you could disagree with that and i think they in a sense aren't real they're just a thing we made up and but that doesn't mean they're useless. I, I do, and in some sense, it's kind of like, un- un- 
you think they're useless? I, I mean, in some extent, I, I get what you're saying because I know I know what you're talking about. I've, I mean, this is a big thing with like Sterner and stuff, but there there is a use, in my opinion, to operating under the pretense of having rights to some extent because I do think operating under that pretense allows is probably one of the best ways to operate. You know, if we can get, say, we can get all the fucking normies and everyone to to buy into the idea, the concept of human rights, we could have a fucking it would make things go a lot more smoother, but that doesn't mean they're real. It just means there's something we operate under to kind of, it, it, for me, it'd be the same thing as if we could get, get everyone to buy into a religion that, you know, we should do nice things and, and, and not do bad things. It'd be kind of the same thing. That's kind of what I'm trying to buy, get people to buy into. I mean, that may sound a little shitty to say, but it's, it's kind of made it, it made sense. I don't believe in objective morality. Uh, personally, I think, but at the end of the day, like, rights in some sense that kind of spur out from the nap so you know you don't get to hurt people you don't get to take their shit and the way morale like for me with when it comes to like morality like you can have objective you can have objectivity within a subjective framework so like for example the point i'm getting at is when it comes to morality if i can get you to agree on a value from there we can logically deduce out from that objective things within it so if I can get you to agree, like if I can get sit down with someone and be like, all right, let's let's quash out our morality amongst each other. Do you agree that you shouldn't be able to hurt people and take their shit? It's very basic. That's the NAP right there for you. If I can get them to agree to that, they're like, okay, cool. Now we're establishing this as our morality. From there, you can break that out. And that kind of rights kind of come out from that. And if we can get people to operate under that, that's in a sense a subjective morality that within we can uh, we can establish objectivity within it. And that's kind of in a sense what rights are to me. And at the same time, like this is, I mean, to get into why, I mean, this is kind of something I want to touch on later, but I'll go and touch on now. Why we don't do that to, to animals is kind of because it's like, who gives a fuck? Like they're not going to do anything about it. So like they're not sentient. This is a whole, in my head, the whole point of rights is to be able to operate smoothly amongst each other and to be able to like, I don't think people should hurt people because I don't want them to hurt me. Like, at the end of the day, if they do hurt me, I will fuck you up. But, like, I prefer you just don't in the first place. And I will will operate under that pretense as well, that I won't hurt you and you won't hurt me. And if we can just get people to operate under that, be fucking dope. You know, that's kind of like what rights are to me. Like, if we can get everyone to agree to it. Like I said, it's kind of in a sense almost like a religion I'm getting people to buy into. It's my, essentially, my subjective morality that I'm trying to get people to agree to. That's essentially what it is. And I I can convince you if that, if that if that entails me getting you to believe in some fucking magical natural rights, which I kind of don't really even believe are like natural. I don't necessarily agree with the concept of natural rights in the sense that there are some objective rights that exist out there. But if I can get you to agree with that, and that's what will get you to fall into that fucking morality that I have. Then fuck. Yeah, that's dope. You know, <laughs> no hard disagree. You hard disagree. What do you, what do you disagree with? It's a precisely the problem is that everyone has already bought into the concept of fundamental human rights. Everyone believes that they're somehow special or somehow unique and that they deserve things just for existing. This is the problem that is facing Western society today. But what do you uh, mean? Do you all, like positive rights? Yeah, the concept of, of human rights in general uh, lends itself to licensing um, protection of those rights away to a central authority figure. It always has and it always will. Um, every time we, we engage with the concept of human rights, we, we believe in some kind of collectivism uh, is necessary in order to uh, meaningfully protect those human rights. But uh, the, the problem is that everyone, everyone does this uh, just to, just to uh, look past, um, to, to 
uh, kind of brush under the rug the fact that the human rights are fundamentally and necessarily defended uh, through the use of violence, through the use of force, and and only through the use of violence. Um, and so they, the people don't want to engage with that. People don't want to uh, um, face that uh, for themselves. And so they want to believe in some kind of central government that it just benevolently protects everyone's rights. Um, and they just turn a blind eye to, to, the, uh, to the blatant abuses at the hands of the government um, all the time, every day. Um, we want to blame everything but the government for all of our problems. Uh, we want to blame each other. We want to blame the the red team or the blue team. Uh, we want to blame their policies, uh, but we don't we don't uh, attack the the very idea of the nature of the government itself, um, which is uh, ultimately founded on this concept of 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 that people have rights and that these rights must be protected. Um, it's just if you value your rights and you want to protect your rights, you can't rely on anyone but yourself. You have to be the one to protect your rights. No one else. I think I think part of what you're getting, I think there might be a little bit of semantics in here for between the two of us, because I I think uh, it sounds to me that that kind of touches on a little bit what I was getting at, how there's objective objectivity within that subjective framework. So I think within the framework I laid down of like essentially well, the NAP, if we're extending rights of something that brings comes out of the NAP, I do think you can kind of be like you, you were saying it would kind of naturally, you know, people the NAP is then, a crutch. Yeah, no, NMP is a crush to some extent, but essentially it's an, for me that's an ethic. That's a that's a value. That's a something you're saying from here we'll build off of. Like if sure. say we imagine it's a, it's a noble ethic, of, right? Yeah, it's an but, ethic. It's something we can build off of. It, I, I agree that NAP just like rights is something that's made up. It's a social construct, but it's a I think if someone magically comes up with something better, I mean that's the best one I found so far that can be used as something for us to fucking, you know, co- cohabit this earth essentially if you will. But, uh, right. Well, like yeah. case in point, Jose, if it, it, it was, uh, you know, that it's not necessarily a good thing to oh, be able to convince everyone to a, oh, to a, <laughs> what happened? I was, I was thinking is cohabit even a word. I feel like I just made that up, but go, go ahead. Cohabitate. Cohabitate. Okay. Whatever. Go ahead. <laughs> um, case in point of why it's a bad idea to try and convince everyone of a universal morality is the, is the reign of the Catholic church over the generations and the, the, the millennia, um, just the, the blatant, corruption and evil um and uh just uh mass human suffering at the hands of the catholic church um things like the crusades um things like uh, uh the spanish inquisition the inquisition in general um uh all all of the manipulation of the of the church through um political means right using the pope using his influence to, to gain clout with the kings or, or the the emperors or whoever and uh you know the church exploiting people by like having them buy uh, indulgences, right, to make sure that their loved ones didn't go to hell. <laughs> well, this is kind of what I was getting at. That they all bought into I, it. It's, oh, a, it's a, a universal, uh, you know, set of like ethic, ethics that everyone believed in, and it was it was all used to everyone's detriment. They all were good people at, at their core. They were all following good rules, right? Didn't you know, love thy neighbor, and uh, you know. Um, and obey your parents and don't steal, don't lie, right? These aren't bad. These are good things, object, you know, at their core. These are, you know, ethical actions that we can take, you know, however you want to argue it. Um, uh, but they, they were, they all believed in it. And, and because of the, the nature of the, the ethics being so objective in their eyes, uh, they couldn't look, they couldn't, see the forest for the trees they they couldn't look at the at the blatant evil that was unfolding uh inside the church 
and well, this is kind of what I was getting at. That I do, th- I do actually think it's important to some extent to understand that you are. This is inherently subjective. At the end of the day, this is all subjective. But we can, if we can agree, if you can, I mean, there are certain things that most, the vast majority of humanity will agree on. That doesn't mean it's objective. So that's a big thing you have to understand. Like if we're building a morality or an ethics or whatever, we have to understand that at some point we're basing us off some shared value. And there may not be, be, there may be some people who don't share that value. So I do think it's important to understand this is not objective. But at the end of the day, right. you, it is like a, you're, we're getting people to agree to it. But I do think, I mean, to some extent it is like, just for the sake of time, sometimes it's just easier for the fucking idiots, like the, the normies, the sheep, <laughs> to just be like, yep, this is fucking objective, bud, whatever, fucking go along with it. Like, but at the end of the day, there are going to be the people who are a little bit like above it. They're going to be like, no, nah, dude, like, like this is a good way to, you know, to set up our lives. But then, day we understand it's subjective. So I, I mean, do think if I you're get thinking what you're saying. About strategy, right? You're thinking about like recruitment, right? Like you want to convince other people of, 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 uh, you know, to recognize human rights and, and, you know, whether or not that's going to be a good thing is, you know, mm-hmm. we can, we can debate that, but I don't think, I, th- I think that's a waste of time. I think your, your, uh, your time and effort is, is better spent, um, actually, um, taking back your own rights for yourself, right. And being an example for that. And, um, you know, but in doing so you'll, you'll live a life that is radical and different. And that, that kind of like shines a light on like, what human what humans can actually be how how we can live free even in an unfree world um and uh, you'll you'll get a lot more influence and a lot more um converts i suppose that way yeah i i I actually get i i think it could be totally both though because i actually think that's totally right you are you are correct in that it is better to you know essentially set yourself up uh to be like you know live a you know, very individualistic, you know, a light on the hill kind of thing, you know, fucking set yourself up as best you can to be, you know, be free in the in the best way you can, free in an unfree world type thing. It's very much, this is Sterner, this is Konkin, this is all this that shit. I do think that is the, the hyper-individualism is important. But the same day, at the same time, you do have to understand that we have to, there are going to be times we have, you're going to talk with people, like, and they're going to be like, you know, I mean, I'm not saying... I get what you're saying. I think it's a little bit of both, but uh, let's go ahead and move on to the next one. Cause we, I mean, I, I we're kind of similar, but have our differences there. I just think it was important to set the beginning. Uh, we have minor differences, but obviously we're going to ultimately get to the same, same point. Uh, I kind of want to go into like, what is sentience? So what, what is your idea of what sentience is? Um, it's a good question. It's really hard to pin down. Um, best I can figure sentient creatures, um, make decisions. Um, they're rational. They, um, they calculate, they feel emotions. They feel empathy in particular, although I don't think that's necessary just to be sentient. Um, but that's a, that's a hallmark of like, sentience as it appears you know in humans is that we we empathize with each other we recognize each other's sentience right um we're self-aware i understand that i exist and that i'm a i'm a cognitive being um i think sentience is uh what is the old 
thing. What does the Supreme Court uh, justice say? He said uh, on on uh, the nature of pornography. He was like, "I'll know it when I see it." Mm-hmm. That's a good way to put it. Because I mean, my opinion on the matter is, it's kind of like that's like asking someone what autism is. It's like I, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm probably me and you might be a little bit autistic, but we're also not screaming, crying in the corner because we felt something we didn't like. You know, like screeching. Like there, it's a spectrum. Like sentience isn't. Like a lot of people like to have this idea that sentience is one this one thing or the other, especially because we're like very much I feel like a lot of our thoughts are shaped by like, you know, the church. You kind of brought up that before and just like how right. that's influenced culture and shit. And people have this idea of that we're these magical things set apart from everything else. I don't necessarily think we are. Like, uh, for example, I watched this documentary on Octopus the other day, and mm-hmm. like those things are smart as fuck. Like they would be just they have the the capability if they if there's two things holding them back from being as smart as us. The fact that they don't, they have short lifespans and the fact that they don't pass, that they don't raise their young because of the fact that they die when they give birth. So they don't get to pass on the previous generation's information, but they are fucking ridiculously smart. And so Mm -hmm. it's like, if they could just pass on information and you know, they would be, if anything, we'd be octopuses bitches in no time. But like, like, it really, <laughs> I don't know about that. I mean, and then I with dolph- dolphins, the same thing that. with like dolphins, they say that the biggest thing holding them back is that they don't have fucking like, they aren't able to interact with their environment in an effective way because they have flippers and not like hands like we do. So, because we're able to interact with their environment in a more advanced way than they are. Uh, I mean, I'm talking on my ass. I'm no fucking scientist. It's just shit that I just fucking have seen. But <laughs> my point being is I don't think we're just magically set apart they're probably aliens somewhere in the universe who are just as smart, if not smarter than us. Like, I don't think there's sentience is this fucking holy thing that's just like this. It's not zeros and ones. I think it's a spectrum. Um, and yeah, it is like a, yeah. And so that's kind of when I get into my next point, I want to ask you, do you think robots could ever attain sentience? Like, or whatever we are considering sentience? Well, yeah, it's all right. It's like you said, like it's, um, it's kind of like a holdover of uh this idea of having a spirit or a soul um once you realize that there is no such thing um or meaning meaningfully there isn't there's no such thing in the in the real world anyway Mm. um then that that concept kind of like falls away beneath you um and so then that does open up the gateway uh for conscious machines you know um because uh, we're getting to the point now. We're approaching um, computation that is uh, going to be done on a quantum level. Um, it's going to outpace classical computers, and um, I think you know maybe in the next hundred years, two hundred years, uh, we'll see artificial intelligence, um, probably, and it will you know make decisions like a person does. I think that's the, I mean, that's the thing that Mises talked about was the, the, the primary thing that sets humans apart from the rest of the universe is that humans make decisions and make choices. Yeah, no, uh, that kind of goes, I completely agree. Uh, but I kind of go into the, there's no point, point me pontificating on it. Cause I completely agree with you. But uh, and that kind of goes into my next point. Uh, do you think programming, like how you do with computers and such, is in effect really in principle any different than thinking? And by that I mean, obviously it's in it's different. Like if you have a computer and it's like as it's programmed to do certain things, like at the end of the day, I think that my personal opinion is the only difference is a difference of 
degree, not of kind. I think in, in a sense, I mean, obviously we're not computers, but we're kind of just super advanced fucking programming going on at all times. I, I, let me get your opinion on that. Uh, I mean, the act of programming itself is just writing a program. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, in, a, in a sense, it is um, like thinking you're what a what a computer really is is just a it's just a, a machine that extends your mind anyway it just extends it's like because all all a machine is is um it's uh it's a force multiplier of of uh, of labor so whatever you want to do whatever a, a person you want to uh, a person wants to accomplish they can find a machine that makes that task easier um so you know, in the case of a computer, it's a machine that makes, that is a force multiplier for now, you know, thousands of things <laughs> in your day-to-day -day life. You have a, you have a smartphone, you have a tablet, um, they do all kinds of stuff. Um, and this is kind of funny. Um, uh, this is kind of coming at it the other way. Um, but in an, in an abstract sense, I kind of do think of my, my smartphone as kind of a second brain in a lot of ways it keeps track of all my passwords um i journal in it um all my photos are in it oh you know so I'll, I'll, you know memories are being stored and saved in my phone that i can revisit and pull up um you know it's uh it's kind of an, an encyclopedia i can use it to look up a lot of things i keep i read all my books on it so it's like in a very real sense a, a part of me the way that um, the way like like a race car driver's car becomes a part of them, you know what I mean? Like it's like mm -hmm. I use it a lot because it it is very useful to me and it accomplishes a lot of things and makes a lot of things easier for me. And in that sense, it's kind of like a second brain. Yeah, I mean, this kind of goes into. I mean, really, it's kind of really goes into a deeper idea of like, is free will even real? Like, is there such a thing as free will? Personally. I think in an absolute sense, like I don't personally, I actually don't think free will necessarily exists. That's a whole huge deeper discussion, but I, I take the, I'm of the opinion that you might as well act like it does because in the day it's kind of, it's really just semantics and it kind of doesn't make a difference. I think it makes some minor differences, you know, on the edges and how you view things, but like, yeah. I think but, that's absurd that free, the concept that free will doesn't exist. I think I mean it like an absolute sense. It's the same idea, and that's why I'm saying like you should just act like it does. Like I mean, the sense that in a sense, well, everything no we does. There's no way that free will doesn't exist. I mean, it's a whole deeper discussion. We maybe we could do some other time. <laughs> I'm, I might not even really be equipped for that. This is like a this is like a deep philosophical fucking thing. Because it, but my point kind of goes into if if human thinking is similar to programming, and it's kind of like you input the conditions. In a sense, you, we are essentially walking computers that fucking like are shaped by our environment, our thing that, and, but this kind of goes into a lot of people be like, well, then does that mean I'm not accountable for my actions in a sense? Yes. In a sense, no. And that's kind of what it gets into. It's all, it's just semantics in a sense. It's really just a mind fuck. Cause even if it doesn't exist, you kind of have to act like it does. And you know, it's, it's kind of an unknowable thing too. Cause it's been a day. It's just a matter of like, was everything that was going to happen? Like, I don't know. It's a whole fucking mind fuck. Sam Harris goes into this a lot. If, if any of you guys are like interested in it, he's big in like the whole free will thing. It's really interesting. I mean, it's kind of a meaningless mind fuck in a sense. Cause like once you grasp the concept, you're like, Oh, well we still have to act like it exists. Or otherwise everything falls apart. So 
what does this matter? I think it makes only makes some minor differences. I think the biggest things it affects is like maybe like criminal justice because it kind of affects the idea of that. It really goes in the idea of that we shouldn't be focused on punishment. We should be focused on more like how is this going to fix things? Because if you're just trying to punish, it's kind of like you also got to. Uh, it's a whole fucking mind fuck. It's kind of pointless, really. It's more of just like fucking intellectual masturbation, really, when it comes down to it. It's really fucking pointless. But anyways, my point being is that at the end of the day, I think thinking to some extent isn't that much different than programming. So if you were able to get like a very advanced program that input a ton of conditions, you know, like if X equal plus this equals that, then we do this, you know, like I'm, I'm not a nerd guy. So I know, I know a lot of people like coding, like you'll be like, you kind of input conditions and be like, uh, you know, if this happens, then we do this. And that's, that's kind of in a sense, in a sense, that's kind of what thinking is to a large part. And I think that's kind of the same thing with, with pro, uh, computers. That's what people get into and like that, you know, they can never be sentient because they're just programs. They're going to do whatever they're going to do. But at the same time, it's kind of like, that's why I'm kind of said it kind of gets into the whole free will thing. But it's like, that's kind of what thinking is in a sense. You, you fucking say you come across a certain, certain thing and you have to make a decision. You input all the fucking conditions, everything you base it on your previous fucking experiences. And then it goes into your fucking little, whatever the fuck. And then out we do this. This is what we do. And that's kind of what a program is in a sense. So yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of what I was getting to. I mean, I wish I had more technical jargon because I'm not a tech guy. I probably could make it make more sense. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know if you're getting what I'm getting at a little bit. <laughs> I say you're fucking crazy, man. Crazy, man. You've seen fucking uh that made me think of uh God fucking you know old school where he gets hit with a fucking dart. He's like, you're fucking crazy, man. I've never seen that. No. <laughs> oh, dude, old. You've never seen old school. All right, you gotta check that out. No. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Point being, I think that. In a sense, human thinking, unless there's some magical God element that I don't know of or something else, at the end of the day, it's essentially just hyper-advanced fucking programming that's evolved over well, millions I and mean, millions of years. That's another, that's another praxeological concept is, is free will is undeniable because, um, you know, uh, the future is unknowable. Because the future is unknowable, we, we believe that we can change the future, right? Um, we have to be able to change the future. If the future is known, if the future was certain... Um, then there would be no point in action because we already know what the outcome is. It's already set in stone, but we don't know what the outcome is. That's the whole point. That's what makes free will what it is. The yeah, but choice, even if it was, even if it was set in stone, we don't know it. So of the future. Yeah. I, I, I don't Again, know. it's I, all comes down to, to decision making, and this is why this is why replicants will ultimately be, uh, will ultimately have parity uh, in a quote unquote human rights sense uh, to real to quote unquote real humans. Because replicants will meaningfully make decisions the same way humans will. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Human uh, de decision making, the unique thing that humans do, will also uh, uh, come to replicants. And so replicants will just abide by all the same kind of natural laws that humans do when it comes to praxeological uh, study. Yeah, the point. The only point I was getting is a lot of people make the point that like it's simply just programming on their part. And it's just simply a code. But it's like if you made an advanced enough code, it would be indistinguishable from human action, whether you right. believe in free will or not. If you made an advanced enough code that was based off life experience and like the conditions around it and trying to do the most the make the most educated decision, how in what way is that any different than human action? I right. mean, one of my favorite things you know? to talk about um, when it comes to this subject is. Um, First of all, replicants, uh, you know, Blade Runner isn't the only 
sci-fi to, to wrestle with this concept of, of sentient machines. One of my favorite examples is I've only seen the first season of it, but the HBO uh, reboot of Westworld, uh, which was an old uh, 80s movie. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. it had uh, – what's, what's his face? Um, he was really cool. He, he played the, the man in black. Uh, who in that movie was a, was a uh, machine, but in, in uh, the Westworld uh, TV show, he's actually uh, a, a human, uh, a visitor to the park. Um, and Westworld, uh, the the concept of these um, machines that are um, programmed to look and feel indistinguishable from humans, so that humans can go and like kill and fuck them and uh, play around in a west in a Western fantasy world. Um, as kind of like a high, uh, like high society, uh, amusement park. And so, um, the creator of the park is this like kind of mad genius. And he introduces this concept called a reverie and a reverie is giving the robots just small memories, just small little hints of memories that gives them tiny little indistinguishable facial expressions that makes their facial expressions look more real so that when the park visitors talk to the, to the, well, they're, they're called the hosts. They call them the hosts. Um, these machines, um, whenever the host talks to a visitor, uh, the host is indistinguishable from a real person because they have all the little subtleties of human facial movement that actually occurs when he, real emotion is happening. Um, well, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Westworld, um uh the 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 reveries uh are are uh the first crack in the dam and the floodgate is opened to uh creating full-blown memories uh on on the part of the robots um so uh you know one of the key themes a lot of sci-fi uses to uh talk about like what what is meaningful about humans obviously empathy but also memories the ability to make memories. The, one of the key things in Blade Runner was the fact that the that Rachel was uh, indistinguishable from a person. The fact that she that she took like forty plus questions uh, on the Void Comp test to be uh, finally identified as a replicant was because she had a real person a real person's memories implanted in her brain. So she actually had a real lived life in her brain. Um, so the concept of memories is pretty big. Um, the concept of emotions. Um, what else is, what else, Jose, what else is like something that, that a lot of sci-fi deals with when it comes to the concept of AI? Um, uh, I, I think you touch on most of it. I mean, maybe a little bit of self-awareness might be like a big one that a lot of, a lot of people say that's a distinguishing thing, but even then that was like, a, I feel like, like even with biology, not necessarily just like a sci-fi, like AI shit. That was like something that we used to think was like, it's distinguishable only to humans, but they've started to find it. I even started. This was like an older thing. I remember being taught this when I was a kid that that was what was like what was special about us is we were self-aware. But there's so many fucking animals that are self-aware that we just didn't understand the concept of self-awareness. So, uh, yeah, I mean, but self-awareness is another one. But, I mean, that you can be fine that in primates and in plenty of other animals as well, self-awareness. But, yeah. Well, it's yeah. funny. Not that I give a fuck what any state says, but um, the nation of Japan has formally recognized dolphins as non-human persons. <laughs> it's a fun fact for the day nice <laughs> i don't know what to make of that but <laughs> yeah but uh yeah because okay. of their intelligence 
Yeah, it's true. But uh, oh yeah. By the way, Westworld, good show. So people watching it, you definitely should check it out. I definitely I bailed watching. after the first season because I, I don't know about you, but I just kind of give a fuck about the idea of a second season because I felt like they they kind of went over everything that I wanted to go over in the first season, and the end of the first season was kind of like oh, like I don't know, it just it was like they kind of handled all the intellectual concepts that I thought were interesting in the first season, and then they left it for a second. There was nothing that I felt like I wanted out of a second season. I, yeah. I don't, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I've heard mixed reviews about the other two seasons, but the reason I didn't watch that season two was because I got the HBO max free trial and, mm-hmm. and binged the entire, uh, entire season of Westworld, uh, entire uh, Westworld season one, just in one go, like in a weekend. <laughs> and then like a long weekend, like, like three or four days. Um, and then I uh, canceled my subscription, of course. Because I didn't want to pay for it. I didn't care about any of the other shows. I'd already seen Band of Brothers. Um, I still haven't seen The Sopranos, actually. So I might pick up a subscription just to watch that. This uh, may be fucked. I tried to watch Sopranos. I watched, I think, like the first season, maybe two. I don't get the appeal. It's okay. It just wasn't anything amazing. I don't know if it, I don't know if it's one of those things that it's like an older TV thing and just TV wasn't as good. Like we have so many options these days with good TV. Like, uh, it just wasn't, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I know a lot of people praise the fuck out of that show, but just like me and my wife tried to watch it. And I just was like, it was good ish. I mean, it was like a solid six or seven, but I just never got how people like fucking sucked his dick so hard, you know? Like, oh my God. I, I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> sure they might someone... be crucified. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I think it might just be one of those things that like nostalgia of you remember. Cause that came out in what, like early two thousands, something like that. Like, I and I don't, so. I don't feel like TV was, is what it was now. Like you, like we just talked about Westworld and then you're talking about, now we're talking about Sopranos. Like, I think sometimes we think of things that were set in a certain era and then you bring it to current era and it just doesn't hold up like you think it does. And I think Soprano might be one of them. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't finished it. Maybe it gets amazing in the later seasons. I just kind of just don't give a fuck. I watched a couple I seasons. Don't, like, I don't Man. like, I don't like that mindset. I don't like that because it's all, it's all based in aesthetics. Like I'll give yeah. you an example. My favorite video game to this day that I could spend hours and hours playing is the original Halo Combat Evolved. Uh, not the remastered version. The remastered version looks like ass. Um, the original for me, always and forever. Um, I don't care that the graphics look quote-unquote outdated. I don't care that um, you know the gameplay doesn't have as many fancy mechanics. Um yeah, yeah, I don't have to like memorize like 50 billion button combinations um, just to do simple tasks. There's no sprinting. Um, it's just uh, move and shoot. And it's perfect. The hallway gunplay, not to ramble too much, but like everything, the game design, the audio design, uh, the art design, uh, the gameplay, the mechanics, the enemy design, everything. It's perfect. Um, yeah. I get what you're saying, but you're saying it needs to be enjoyed in that time. I mean, now you can enjoy it because I think it's kind of a nostalgia. But if someone had never no, played it and they played it now, you- if, if someone who who is like a big gamer who has never played Halo played Halo with me today, now they would like have a fantastic time. It would be a, it would be a blast. I I don't know. I like it's Halo. I think I could play Halo and still enjoy it, but I think if I had never played Halo and I played it now, I'd probably be like, what is this bullshit? But, I mean, maybe I'm just wrong. I don't know. I think sometimes nostalgia plays a mindfuck on us. No, because but, things that are good are just good, you know? And there are things that – I'll admit that there's, like, you know, rose-tinted glasses. But, like, if you if, – if something is really objectively a good work of art um, – and I believe video games can be considered 
an art form. Um, cause what else would you call them? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's a, it's a medium that you, in, that you engage with the same way you engage with and, 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 and indeed, um, engage with in more ways. And so, and, you know, in a certain sense, uh, than a, a traditional, you know, reading a book or watching a movie, right? Playing a game is engaging with a narrative that you're in, you're in the driver's seat of, which is really cool. Yeah, um, no, I, I'm sorry, but I, I kind of get it. I, you were getting at how like the medium of it and like, I feel like people look down on like video games and like, anyone who's watching this or not listening, cause you have a fuckload of comic shit behind me. And the same thing goes with like comics, comics, video games. I'm not a big gamer. I used to be when I was younger, but there are a lot of video games. There's a lot of very, you know, mature or like emotional or philosophical concepts and just like it's not just as simple as just stupid fucking kids playing video games those smart shit same thing with comics i mean yeah i I think there is something too like yeah these are arts they're i mean it's not as a lot of people put them down like they're just dumb but uh yeah same thing goes for that i'm trying to think of i wish i could remember there's a certain comic that that uh is fucking just really phenomenal that like i literally cried reading like there's there's just something too it's an art form like same thing Mm -hmm. with video games you know so, yeah, but it's like, I don't know, when I hear hear you talk about like things that are just like older, that they're not good anymore because we look at them because they're nostalgic. It's like, I hear, I, I don't know, maybe this isn't your intention, but I'm hearing the same people who like complain about black and white movies being boring. And it's just like, no, you just don't have any imagination. <laughs> you don't actually like enjoy movies. <laughs> you enjoy being spoon fed a narrative, <laughs> uh, plot point by plot point. I don't um, know. I think I think it'd be a mix. Like of North both. by Northwest yeah. is still one of the greatest movies I've ever seen, you know. And like, who even talks about North by Northwest? I don't All talk right. about it. Who who talks about it? Who who is there to talk about old movies like that with? I Maybe know, if I, I like wanted to find a community specifically to talk about, you know, old Hitchcock films, I could probably <laughs> find that. But um, I don't know. It's not like people who like pop culture like current pop culture. They don't like historical pop culture even though there's like value to be to be found there even though there's like a lot of good stuff i mean there are certain things that transcend time i get what you're talking about like uh for example like alan orr books are from like i think like the 70s or 80s and they're fucking just still phenomenal to this day uh because i fucking uh swamp thing his running swamp thing is fucking amazing and he's like a crazy ancom and like i still think his work is fucking phenomenal i get what you're saying there's shit that transcends it but i think sometimes it's hard to distinguish when you're so wrapped up in it sometimes like i guess i guess i was saying like it's not one or the other like if you could take a third person and bring them in, they may or may not like it but sometimes your opinion is biased and it's hard for you to give an educated opinion on whether it actually is good regardless of the nostalgia <laughs> you know speak for yourself jose i have impeccable taste yeah i, I mean i like to think <laughs> i do too but I, I i think the human brain can place a mind fox on you all right anyways let's bring, speaking of humanity let's bring it back to fucking uh point that was a fun little tangent but uh kind of want to touch on a little bit i mean i mean you probably both gonna agree i know we will let's say you create a fucking robot and, and we agree that it's sentient why the fuck do you not own them if we're going by property rights you know you mix you took natural resources you mixed your labor in with it you know like unclaimed natural resources that someone else didn't have property to prior to you create it don't you have ownership of it if not why not I mean, it really comes down to if you believe you own your children or not, which I believe you don't own your children. Mm-hmm. If you believe you own your children, then you I mean, can logically consistently say that you you believe that you can own replicants. Um, but replicants are not meaningfully any different, ethically speaking, 
when you look yeah. at it like from and if you look at it from an objective like real standpoint you know mixing your labor with natural resources that's what you're doing when you're having sex <laughs> to procreate <laughs> uh to, to have a child right yeah the um, difference being you're creating labor. an ego so there, there's a big difference there you know you're creating a separate entity with thoughts and feelings and whatever you know you're doing that in both cases. You're, yeah, the replicant has, is, is, is a separate entity just like the child is. Yes. So I think there is like it's just this separate thing when you create something that has a will of its own or whatever you want right. to recognize as being a will of its own. Yeah. Because it is like a – God, this gets into like some deep Rothbard shit. I wish I could remember off the top of my head because it is like that's the whole idea. of That's the idea of like how you can't technically sell yourself into slavery because – like, yeah, maybe you can for sure the time can. being. You can and you can't because you can't account for yourself in the future. Later, you may say later that, no, you don't want to. And at that point, it's not – I mean, I guess in a sense you can because then they could impose their violence upon you and say, no, you're going to be. But you can't meaningfully per, you know, natural rights, whatever the fuck, like if you're going down that road. I know it's a whole other thing. But if we're accepting that fucking framework, you kind of can't. So, because it's like no, because you're, slavery. You there's only there's only two kinds of slavery. There's there's consensual slavery and there's not consensual slavery, mm -hmm. right? Um, and if you sell yourself into slavery as a as a bond servant, you know, you're you're signing a contract uh, with uh, your slaver that says, "I agree to be a slave for for X period of time," um, and such and such. And the contract will lay out like the terms of like what will happen if you decide to you know break the contract. I'm sure. Um, and then yourself in the future, and this is the thing you have to you have to take responsibility for, um, you know, your contracts, uh, and and your, the where you meaningfully give your word is because um, you're right in the in the future you very well could decide you know this sucks I don't want to be a slave anymore, um, but at that point your decision is whether or not to break the contract and whether or not you're willing to accept the consequences of what happens if you decide to break contract. Um, this, that's really all it boils down to. Yeah, the but very fact still, that you still... can break the contract, which is how contracts work, the very fact you are allowed to break the contract and that maybe you have some sort of recompense you have to do, then in a sense it's kind of like not even really slavery anymore because of the fact you're able to break the contract. You know, you know what I mean? Right. Like but and non consensual that's a whole other tangent. You know, when yeah. I kid when I essentially kidnapping and owning a person against their will, that's obviously violence and that's like completely different set of circumstances the the slave in that case is completely justified in uh you know rising up and killing or or using violence to free themselves but this is kind of just semantics because i think like we were saying like you can sign a contract that you're going to work for someone for a certain period of time you know you can whatever maybe call that your slave semantic wise but the day you're you're able to break that contract the way contracts work or you're supposed to you know uh, in this framework um so yeah, that's in a sense not really slavery because you don't really get that option to be like, just kidding, guys. I don't, I don't really agree with this contract anymore. You know? <laughs> like, well, I mean, and our yeah. and in the West, our our ideas about slavery have become so warped because we we uh, only saw the really terrible evil slavery that happened as a result of the transatlantic uh, slave trade. Uh, the slaves that were being sold, neither the slaves that were being sold nor the slavers who sold them realized that the Americans and the Europeans and the Arabs who all bought their slaves didn't have any concept of freeing the slaves. They just believed in working them to death and um, owning their children. Yeah. Uh, so that was like, 
they didn't have any idea about that. Obviously, they can continue to sell them to them, and they realize that, and it's kind of terrible. But the original concept of being a slave was not about complete ownership of another person. You were you were just uh, a person who was bound to another person, uh, either through like obligation, through through contract, through you know because of honor, or because you like stole from them, or because you were a prisoner of war, or something or other. And then. You know, some people were uh, uh, slaves for the rest of their lives, uh, but some like were able to earn their freedom and uh, they were treated well. They were like in a lot of places they were treated well. They they like lived in their own houses. And um, I mean, you look at even in England, you know, uh, the housemaids and the butlers and everyone, they were considered I would consider them like house servants, like kind of like a mild form of, of bond slavery. You know, they were still paid and they like lived in, but they all lived in the house and like the, the, the family that owned the house was their life, uh, which is kind of sad, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, I do, I do like when we were touching this about, uh, you kind of brought up the sex thing. Cause that was the biggest thing I want to get at. Cause I just thought it was funny. The whole like mixing natural resources with, with, uh, fucking your labor in a sense. I mean, while it sounds silly that it's essentially what sex is and you don't own your children. I mean, even if you do agree you own your children, if we're applying this concept, I mean, even then most people would agree that at some point they no longer own their children. Like even if they say they do own their children because they created them or whatever, at some point you no longer own your children. Like I, mean, I have a hard time believing that anyone could buy into the fact that you always own your children. Right. Um, well, this is, again, this know. is the, this ties back to the problem, the problematic nature of the, uh, the idea of object, of objective morality. Right, these children are objectively like entitled to certain rights, but we have to give provisions to let the parents raise the child. So we have to like concede some rights in some areas. It's like very murky, and like human rights don't exist. Mm-hmm. The child exhibits autonomy and claims his own freedoms when he's willing to do so. Yep. Right. That's it. Simple as. Um, yeah. No, I and- agree. That's this is a good example of why the whole rights things fails a little bit to some extent. It because. It, I no, mean, so I, uh, to my yeah. broader point about replicants being analogous to children, re- replicants uh, and and children both will eventually always take their rights into their own hands and become responsible. Yeah, which kind of ties into my next point because my next thing I want to ask you, and I'll go, I'll answer it for us, answer it first before I let you you can do. It. I was going to ask if if should non-human entities be granted rights because there's a lot of things people say when you talk about human rights. Or not human rights, but animal rights. Like why they shouldn't be granted rights is because well, they're fucking animals, so they're not humans. Like we grant rights to humans. At the same time, it's kind of like, well, what is, what, what is a, is it only humans? And for me, you kind of got it brings it back to my first point of like, what are rights to even begin with? And it's kind of for me, it's kind of like, well, rights are essentially a, a conceptual thing that we've come up with to allow us to coexist in a harmonious manner, essentially. Like, and we, and ideally you recognize in my opinion that it's subjective. Like we don't, we don't do this in an objective manner, but we subjectively agree that like, Hey, this is probably a good way to go about it. And, but if we had some other entity that kind of essentially for all intents and purposes is sentient, why, why wouldn't we treat them in the same manner? Cause we also want to live harmoniously with them. The thing, the difference with an animal is like, if I have some cow that's like, and I kill it, like, it's not like I have to worry about the cow family coming and fucking having a grudge against my family and the cow family rising up and killing my family. 
Like, it's not a thing I have to genuinely worry about. And that's kind of what I want to get at. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. I just kind of want to hit that because I kind of wrapped it up in a perfect little bow for my initial point. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Yeah. So, granted, should should robots be granted rights? Granted by whom, Jose? By, essentially, by when I say granted, it's not some magical granted. I more just mean, like, should we recognize? Should we treat them as if they have rights? Should we you know, treat them in the same manner we would treat a human in that we recognize that we can't just fuck them over for whatever reason, you know? Are you speak, are you saying we as in, like, collectively? Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I, I think you're getting that. I, I, when I say recognize rights, I more mean how I treat other people because of the fact that I recognize they are people. And I don't – I do this on an individual level, but I also think that as a group, you probably should too. And I, I'm not scared – while I do, in some senses, consider myself a hyper-individualist, I'm not scared of collectivism. I actually think that's like – I'm not saying you're necessarily doing this, but I think sometimes that's some smooth brain thinking that goes in within our circles where they go, oh, you shouldn't be collective. Now, by collective, I don't, I'm not going to magically just fall into the fold, but sometimes collective measures are should be used depending on the, the thing. Like, mean you can come together to do a thing. That, I mean – it depends on no, how you're individual in, in I mean individual mass cooperation is yes. not the same as collectivism. Okay, that's what but I'm getting at. Individual mass cooperation is ultimately the great market mechanism, the econ- economization mechanism that enables uh, the kind of complexity that uh, Leonard E. Reed spoke about in uh, I Pencil, which is a great little essay for anyone who hasn't read it. Um, yeah, and this is kind of what I'm getting at where – you said, uh, what, what did you use? What was the term you just used? Individual, uh, what was the term? Cooperation. You used? Cooperation. That's kind of what I'm, that's why I've been very insistent on saying so, this is subjective all the way through. Cause while I may say we, I mean that sometimes, sometimes you just for the, the sake of how we speak for brevity's sake, you have to say certain things. Like, I mean, maybe I could have said it in a more clarified way, but when I say that, I mean on an individual manner as a group, I do think it's beneficial to do that. Like, I think we should, sure. we like individually, you know, should fucking treat people certain ways. That's just a smart way to go about things. And I well, think acting I mean, is a, yeah, go ahead. Okay. No, I kind of basically said everything to say, go ahead. Meaningfully, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. That's the, that's the whole point of the replicant is that they are in, and, and, you know, the hosts in Westworld, uh, they're made of flesh and blood just like we are. There's no uh, way to tell a replicant from a human, except for if you see a serial number in their eyeball or in their bones, which only happens if you kill them, right? And so, um, you know, just like today, we have people who don't recognize the human rights of others, right? Um, We just had a shooting today, um, or I guess yesterday now, of some, or last night, of some, uh, some guy walked in and just shot up 10 people. Uh, into a store in Boulder, Colorado. Um, he didn't respect anyone's human rights. You know that uh, he didn't. He didn't act in, in accordance with respecting someone's human rights. So that's those kinds of people will always exist. Yes. Uh, the the meaningful. Uh, I don't know what to say. The meaningful pivot point, I guess, the axis um, on which rights uh, should rest is uh, violence. Right, you you enforce what rights you want to you want to keep through through the use of or through the use of or threat of violence, right? And so, you know, replicants are going to use violence to 
establish their own territory and, and claim property um, ownership and, and you know defend their property the same way that humans do. And they won't look any different and they won't feel any different and they'll be able to have children um, the same way that we will. So you won't, I mean, whether or not you respect uh, the rights of replicants will be similar to whether, it, you know, it's, it's going to become irrelevant the same way that whether or not you respect the human rights of black people in the 50s so quickly became irrelevant. It's yeah, like, but my, well, I mean, it doesn't matter. They, they already exist and now, now they own shit and now they're acting and making decisions on their own and they're acting autonomous, excuse me. You know, they're, they're engaging in, in choice and, and action, meaningful action. And just because you don't like that they exist doesn't mean that they don't exist and doesn't mean that they can't exist or that they won't continue to exist. Yeah. I think the whole them being indistinguishable from humans is kind of a is kind of a doesn't really like I don't think it really pertains because I I personally think even if they looked like purple dinosaurs and they fucking but they were completely sentient and they you were able or whatever we consider sentient and and they're they thought in that way I I think it would behoove you to fucking treat them as if they had rights in a sense you know whatever you consider rights to be. I'm definitely not going to be fucking with any AI for sure. Yeah. Um, because <laughs> that's the other thing is that brains are really the great resource, right? The more human beings we can create, the more brains we can throw at a problem, mm -hmm. uh, the quicker we solve the problem, right? The quicker that um, the resources can be allocated to the, ne to the next problem. That's, that's what capitalism is. Um, and so when you create the ultimate brain <laughs> or you create uh, lots of little machines that all resemble brains, um, you're effectively doing the same thing. You're just introducing more brains to solve more problems. It's ultimately a win for humanity anyway, um, because we, we benefit from capitalizing um, on more brains in the market. We have more competition of, of uh, ideas. All right, cool. I feel like we hit on most things there. I don't really feel like we left anything on the table. Uh, I mean, you kind of covered on the first 10 minutes, then we took a deep dive for the the rest. Um, yeah, that was. I feel like that was fun. I feel like we hit a lot. I feel like we gave a lot for people to fucking think on. A lot of people are going to be mind fucked. Personally, I would say, I know a lot of the shit you're saying and some of the shit I'm saying really come from, I don't know if you've read Sterner, but I know a lot of your concepts no. definitely come from Sterner. So I, I would actually would highly suggest you read Sterner, uh, Ego on its own. I think you would actually enjoy it. It's very much a lot of the same shit you're saying. Um, the, yeah, I think you should read it. Uh, I think anyone out there who is not completely grasping I think that is one thing within our circles that some people are a little too smooth brained to understand some of the things, some of the concepts we set down. Cause I think people Jesus. are too, too set in their fucking people are too set in their <laughs> objectivity or like there's zeros and ones and they're not able to think outside the box. And you know what? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe all this is fucking all there's an objective morality and it's all zeros and ones, but you know what? At least I'm thinking outside the box. And not just have my thoughts and some some rigid framework, and I'm not willing to budge from it whatsoever. So I, I do think that's the I do think, like I said, I think a lot of shit we talk about here is would be stuff that could be kind of covered in uh, at least the way you're thinking when it comes to rights and morality and such could totally be covered by Sterner. I, I do think a lot of people should read Sterner. I think you should read Sterner. I think you'd really enjoy it, Cap. I I, uh, I definitely I definitely do. I, I would actually like to hear your thoughts on it after you read it. If you did, definitely. Um, and it's one of those books too that's so fucking esoteric that like er you probably could read it multiple times and like get different shit from it. It's it's very it's interesting. Um, 
anyways, Caps, do you have any plugs you want to drop? I mean, I don't know if you what you really have. I mean, I guess we got Tower Gang now, if you want to drop that. Anarchostoicism.substack.com. I'm uh, currently writing uh, several drafts for different posts. I'm, I'm uh, you know, coming up with ideas to write. Uh, I don't have a regular posting schedule yet, um, but I'm thinking about uh, putting one together just so I have a regular uh, outlet that I can start publishing my thoughts. But I already have a post up about uh, the nature of, of the political compass. Uh, if anyone's interested in talking about like uh, meta analysis of, of political uh, mapping, you know, uh, you know, talking about left versus right or authoritarianism versus libertarianism or, um, you know, the class, the political compass that we all think of today. Uh, so that's my first post. And I've got a couple more just on the nature of atheism and anarchy and, uh, you know, all the edgy, boring shit that you, you love to read about. Just curious, because I was actually kind of assuming you had totally read Sterner. Where have you got a lot? Is there anything specific that you can say you've got some of these ideas from, or are these just things you've arrived to on your own? Because I, I totally can identify with some shit I've read. It's, it's definitely stuff that's outside the normal fucking box of the people that run within our circles have read. And so that's why a lot of people, like, you know, in our group chat, like me and you, will a lot of times egg on people with, like, you know, subjective morality or, like, rights and shit just to fuck with them. And they'll be like, ah, oh, my God. <laughs> Specifically Cole. <laughs> <laughs> you get so triggered. <laughs> He's like, wait, you think pedophilia is okay? I'm like, no, of course not. I think it's just fucking disgusting. But, you know, if pedophiles still rape children, it's what are we going to do about that? That's the real question. You're yeah. so concerned on the on the whether they're allowed to do that part. We we should be focusing more on the what are we fucking doing about that part. Yeah. You know what you're I just, mean? You're just whining in the fucking corner, going, "This is objectively wrong." It's the, I mean, it's just, I mean, objective morality is ultimately just the Constitution. It's just the the gun free zone uh, mm -hmm. sign. You know, it's just yeah. um, it's just it's just a little. It's the non aggression principle. It's a little nice little neat little concept we hold on to that gives it some kind of like. Uh, overt objective meaning that we should like all universally abide by it's it irritates me the most because objective morality is just someone screaming in a corner that my thoughts are morality or what is right and that's that and it's just right. like that's that's really what it is and it's like maybe maybe if there's some cosmic deity out there there is an objective morality and, and even then you could probably debate whether that's actually objective morality because that's just it's subjective opinion on morality I mean, I guess you could say it created morality. This goes in a whole mind fuck. Point being is it's just like there's – I don't even – like the more I've thought about it, the more I'm like, where are you fucking even coming from from this? This is just literally just someone screaming in the corner that my thoughts are right and your are, yours are wrong. That's really as simple as it is. Yeah, for yeah. sure. But to I, answer I, I, your I, question, Jose, yeah. um, you know, for me, a lot of ideas and a lot of uh, missing pieces started to click into place. Uh, as I've just had all of these realizations, a lot of it has been just burned on, uh, you know, first of all, by reading, I'm reading Carl Mensch right now, uh, his concept of the political, um, I'm reading, uh, I finished, uh, a long time ago, I read Bastia and that kind of like kicked the whole thing off. <laughs> I read the law, um, reading a lot about like, uh, uh, you know, um, I haven't read any of Hoppe's, uh, books yet because democracy is, uh, such an expensive fucking book. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> it's more expensive than like Walter Block shit. So I'm like, I might as well buy Space Capitalism first. That sounds more fun. Um, but you know, just reading about Hoppe's ideas and reading about um, Rothbard's ideas, 
Um, I'm reading through Choice uh, by uh, Bob Murphy right now, which is uh, fucking incredible. Um, but just like re- coming to the realization that like decision making is the key distinguishing factor from humans that sets us all apart. Realizing that um, human rights are a crutch. I, I really, Twitter was the, what radicalized me on that. I read a tweet. I think it was one of the timeline Earth guys tweeted. Uh, the only rights you have are the ones um, you're willing to die for. The only rights you have are the ones you're willing to die for. And I was like, that's really crazy that that doesn't like bother me at all. <laughs> like people were like all triggered. But, and I like said that to my friend and he's like, well, you can't, that's, uh, uh and he just like, you, you can't deal with it because it's like such a hard pill to swallow. But the only rights you have are the ones you're willing to die for. You mean, I mean, whether or not you you have rights, there you don't have rights. The government owns you, right? The corporations own you. You whatever you do that's outside of the framework of what they want you to do, you can't do it. So you're not free. So you you have two choices. You can continue to abide by the system of laws that they've set out for you to abide by, um, and hope they don't fucking crush you, or you exit the system, you step outside, and you claim your rights for yourself. Um, and this is something that I, I've realized very recently, and so I'm like now in a mad scramble to try and you know maximize my my liberties in, in the the very restrictive city that I find myself living in now. Nice. Well, um, this is. Oh, sorry, you got more to say? Just a little more. I was just mm-hmm. gonna say, long story short, realizing that like humans aren't unique in any any way, combined with the fact that like violence is ultimately the only way you can ever protect your rights, protect your what your quote unquote rights, what you want to lay claim to. Um, the nice way to put it is you only have rights to the things you can meaningfully defend. Um, replicants are capable of doing that. So that's like, that's just a, a very small logical leap for me. It's not like something I had to like read about. Yeah. I'm telling you, read Sterner. Uh, like everything you're saying is like legit Sterner shit. Uh, yeah. That's cause it is like, yeah, at the end of the day, like, you can say I own this, but if I come and take your shit and you don't do anything about it, it's kind of like, well, now I own it. What are you right. going to do about it? <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. Um, anyways, I'll go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, my, I, I'm on the No Way Jose YouTube channel. Like I said at the beginning, I'm everywhere audio podcasts are at. I'm the Liberty Movement YouTube and BitChute. This will go up on there. Uh, Liberty Movements on Facebook and MeWe. You can hit me up at thelibertymovementglobal at gmail.com. If you want to fucking talk to me for any reason, or you can hit me up on fucking Twitter at uh, Gallison at Gallison Jose. Um, fucking give me money, patreon.com slash no way Jose 2020, or give me crypto at endthefed.app, where I'm also no way Jose 2020. Like, share, subscribe, comment, all that good stuff. This has been really fun. I actually really did enjoy this conversation a lot, Cap. Uh, maybe we'll have you on again at some other point for some deep autistic shit like this again. Um, yeah, you got any. That's it. Yeah. Deuces. Yeah. Thanks so much again for having me on, Jose. I really appreciate it. Oh, yeah. And you didn't plug. You didn't plug the fucking uh, podcast. I'll go and plug it, too. The fucking, uh, was it Tower Power Hour? Um, There's Tower Gang Gang Power Hour. I think it's Tower Uh, Power Hour now. If you go to, if you go, it's the Tower Gang pod, but we don't, it's Tower Gang isn't in the name. It's so retarded. Uh, yeah. But if we go to if you go to tower at Tower Gang Pod on on Twitter, you'll you'll find it, um, and you'll see uh, it's re- I think it's like one of the reads like the only thing it retweeted is just like link after link after link to the YouTube version of the the first episode of the podcast. 
yeah, at the, t- the recording of this, where I'm recording, there's only one episode out. By the time this comes out, there should be two, uh, maybe even three. We'll see. Um, but yeah, uh, definitely go check that out. It's a Tower Power Hour on YouTube. It should be on every podcast right as well for audio format. But uh, yeah, uh, fucking with that, fucking deuces. Let's go ahead and kill this. Boom. <laughs>